From the studios of Teeing It Up in the swamps of Jersey, this is Teeing It Up with Jeremy Schilling. Uh, this is uh, a pretty cool episode, something different. Um, this is Danny Flecka in his weekly spot. Hello, Danny. Hey, man, how's it going? Uh, how was your week off without talking to me? It's been good so far. Can't complain. All right, let's let's uh, put that joke aside. Uh, he's <laughs> on vacation. This is an episode that we've wanted to do for a while, or actually, he's wanted to do for a while, and brought the idea to me, and I loved it. Um, and we're gonna use him being away as a time to get this episode done, and then ultimately to get this episode uh, to run. And then we have a very special guest next week that um, in this slot that we'll talk about. Uh, next week, when you see this, uh, see they see that podcast posted with that person. Um, all right, so you were the one who came to me with this idea. Throw it out there for the folks. What is it? Yeah, so you know, like anything else, a lot of the stuff that you take, you know, or do these dates can be a little bit of an imitation. And uh, you know, one of my favorite podcasts that I listen to is uh, part of my take and. Um, if you follow that podcast, you know that one of the, the hosts on there uh, has just had a kid, and what they did was they taped an evergreen show just in case, you know, when that child did arrive, you know, he would be taken away from the studio, wherever it may have been. Um, and the topic of that podcast was, you know, advice to your younger self or reliving or rehashing, you know, mistakes or ideas that you may have had when you were younger and realizing at you know this time in your life you know how those ideas may have transformed things or how stupid they may have been to think that way so you know i found it really interesting you know i've been listening to them for a little bit over uh two years now and it may have been one of my favorite episodes they did just hearing their perspective and getting to know people on a different level you know that that podcast in particular they spent a lot of time you know being uh, humorous and ironic um, and, and sarcastic, so hearing them talk, you know, from a place where they're given their perspective on their journeys and, and how they've come to be, who they are, as long as, and they also had two guests with them, uh, was a really interesting uh, listen. It was one that I really, really liked. So I thought, you know what, you know, we're of similar ages as of them, and we've been both through different experiences, and it'd be a good thing to talk about just to share with people if they, if they have any interest in, in listening to what it is we have been through and, and how we've gotten to where we are. You know, uh, one of the things that obviously shapes me is having epilepsy and I've never been able to drink uh, or get drunk and as a result of that, um, it's allowed me to be the sober guy at a whole lot of parties and see a whole lot of people. Um, do some really silly things. And I wonder from the other side, as somebody who's been able to get as drunk as you want or stay as sober as you want as a night out, do you ever envy me? Do you ever envy somebody who was sober that whole time? I think I envy the idea of being able to always be in the moment. Um, when you drink, you tend to lose a little perspective or do things that maybe you regret. Um, or not remember, you know, moments that happened throughout the night, uh, whatever it may be. And I think I envy that perspective that you're able to have at all times, um, which, you know, with alcohol or, or drugs, whatever it may be, you lose that, that ability to do so. 
Um, so I think that's the part I envy the most. And I think I envy uh, also a little bit, you know, that I, you know, you don't need to have, like you on your end, don't need to drink to have a good time or be with your friends. And I think a lot of what we see now, and, you know, I'm a culprit of it, is, you know, after a long day, it's like, oh, I need a drink, or let's go out and get drinks to catch up and, and stuff. So I think I envy that, where you don't need to necessarily shape your hangouts or your social events around, you know, a bar or a party or, or whatever it may be. When you think back, because you're somebody, having known you for as long as I've known you, um... That's your own guy. You are your own individual man. You are very much, um, you're not a follower, you're a leader in, in, in the sense of you kind of live your life the way that you want to live your life. Um, so as you think back, what what do you think shaped you into that? You know, I, it's interesting you bring that up. I wasn't always like that. And it's interesting to hear that said now about my, myself where it's maybe like 15 you know 15 years ago in high school or even when I was younger I, I wasn't necessarily of that mind um, I think a lot of what eventually transpired was like you know as a young kid I had to move and when you move you're put in a difficult situation when you're young you have to make all new friends people are starting to create their circles and everything else like that and I was a little bit of, a, of an outsider in a new town new school um, and I thought in order to fit in with new people, I needed to be more like them rather than be like myself. And um, a lot of that came from just wanting to, to have uh, people to hang out with, be social. So um, I think as I got older, I realized that, you know what, I'll make friends. I will have people to hang out with. I'll do things that I like to do. And through osmosis, basically, you know, being in a situation where, uh, you know, you play social sports, you go to the gym or at work, whatever it might be, you know, through through that, those experiences, I'll be able to make friends that, that are like me or have similar interests as, as me. Um, yeah, I mean, it's you and me could not be more different because I was, in, in, in my eyes, I was desperately looking for, for people to latch on to and I eventually did, which is what I'm going to get to momentarily. Um, but yeah, I, I kind of, I was never in that, oh my God mode of being the new guy around. And that's got to be intimidating. It's got to be overwhelming, especially at the age that you were. How old were you when you moved? I was 10. And, you know, it's uh, something that happens though throughout life. Um, and you don't realize that when you're young that you're going to be put in situations all the time where you're the new guy whether or new girl, whether it's going to be um, you know, moving, uh, going to college, start, you know, playing a sport, um, living with random roommates, starting a new job. You know, there, there's always going to be a situation where you're going to possibly be in where you're new or you're not known. And, you know, it, it's a good thing to do is to embrace it and realize that you have the opportunity to uh be who you want to be and be your and you know make friends with people um but you don't realize that when you're young when you're young you're just like what are all the cool kids doing i want to do what they're doing no and it's it's an intimidating age to have to make that transition so kudos to you we both have had friends from home close friends best friends from home for a long long time 
I've got four of, uh, sorry, three of them. No, four. I always forget that um, that that that's f- four plus myself, not five plus, uh, not five, including myself. Um, and 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 you have two. Why do you think you've stayed attached? What's your theory on why you stay attached to home friends for so long? Well, I I think with any type of relationship that you build with people, it, you know, do you share the same values? Do you share common interests? Um, are you, in, you know, are you all striving for the same thing, even if it might be a little bit uh, personalized, you know, is everybody on the same page? And I think that's where you get those bonds. And it's easier to maintain, you know, those friendships if you want to, because you've known those people for a long time. So, you know, for me and my my friends, you know, we like the same sports teams. We like playing sports. We like being active. We like, you know, going out and having a good time. And, and through the, all those experiences that we were able to share with one another, we were able to build friendships. And, you know, through that, you get a little bit more personalized with your friendships and then I think a big thing too is when you're younger and you're able to you know have those friends if you're able to keep them is you go through a lot of the same things at the same time uh, which I think is an important part of a friendship so you all are going through high school together you're all graduating together going to college together um, whether it be the same school or not you're all looking for a job together buying you know having girlfriends at the same time you know you're sharing the same life experiences and it allows you to have those types of conversations where you can bounce ideas off each other's heads and have someone to confide in. Also, don't you feel like those are the people that if they call you out on something, you're most likely to learn from and listen to? Because that's been the case with me. Yeah, I think accountability in anything is important. Um, you want to be able to hold yourself accountable. You want to be able to have your significant other hold you accountable. You want to be able to have your friends hold you accountable. Um, because it helps you stay, you know, on path uh, to whatever it is. If you're if you're finding yourself drifting a little bit, you need that person in your life, whoever it may be, or people in your life, um, you know, to, to guide you and, and get you back on that path so you can, you know, stay on track. So it, for me, if I'm ever doing something I'm not supposed to be doing or whatever, I, I, I don't mind being told. Um, it's something that helps me refocus and get back to where I need to be. Uh, we're talking about Danny Flecka and a kind of thinking back on your life and lessons learned and lessons um, you wish you would have learned uh, edition of Teeing It Up with Jeremy Schilling. All right, uh, this is your time on the podcast to become the host. Take this however and wherever you want. Yeah, so I think one of the things that I, I find interesting with people when you get to know them or have had friendships with them is, uh, you know, what what's like your earliest memory of what you think made you go, you know, down that path that you're, you're on today? It's a really good question. I think in terms of, I realized early on that if I was gonna keep the amount of friendships that I have, and I'm very blessed to have the friends that I have, that I needed to do the work, that it needed to be a one-way street. It may have needed for me to be um, a, you know, me driving everywhere, me being the one going to people versus coming here, and eventually that would reciprocate um, over time. Um, 
one of the great benefits of golf in my life for 23 years is that I have the ability to plan things in terms of setting up hangouts the same way that I plan tea times. So I think that that's allowed me um, to get where I am the, the, in terms of socially and, and kind of in my um, friendship realm. The thing that I wished I had done earlier, though, was started that earlier because I think I would have been in a better social spot before college and out of college. And I think I would have ended up in a better spot relationships-wise, romantic relationships-wise, before college and out of college. I was so socially raw to the scene when I got to college that I was finding... I was essentially four or five years behind everybody else in terms of social development. And as a result of that, it kind of got me behind. And I was learning in college instead of experiencing in college, if that makes sense. No, it does. I mean, you have to be able to experience things in order to learn from them. And the only way to do that is to be in those situations. You can't fabricate uh, experiences. Unfortunately, life isn't like practice. You know, you can't practice those situations because they're all very unique. Yeah. What would you say yours is? I think if I had to go back and give myself advice when I was younger, it'd be to stick with what it is that I like to do and not worry about what the perception might be of that because everyone is always going to have an opinion. Um, and I think a big thing like that is, you know, I go, I went back to, you know, I go back to high school and, you know, I had been playing soccer my entire life and I was really good at it and I really enjoyed playing it. I was, you know, good at what I did, but the perception to me was like, oh, well, you're not, soccer's not cool enough. You'll never, you know, get girls if you play soccer. No one cares about it if you play soccer. You have to play football. Um, and I did. I quit soccer to play football, a sport I had never played before, and found myself in a situation where I probably made the wrong decision. As much as I love football, I love watching it. Um, I loved playing and everything, but for me, it was a, a decision more based off of, you know, socially and popularity-wise, like how it would affect me, rather than it was something that, you know, I had like a fire inside me that I had to do it. It's interesting that, that you made that decision, because then you ultimately ended up in lacrosse. Why didn't you go back to soccer? Look, they're, they're in different seasons. So, you know, mm. lacrosse is one thing where I had uh, my high school um, freshman coach was my sixth grade science teacher. And he, you know, I happened to run into him one day actually when I was working. Um, I used to, you know, bust tables at a local restaurant. He came in and he was like, you should come out and play lacrosse. Um, I was like, I've never played before. I don't know what I'm doing. Like, I don't think it's going to be a good idea. He's like, no, just come out. You know, a lot of new people come out their freshman year. It's a learning experience. Like, you, you played sports. You're athletic enough to do it. You know, give it a shot. Um, so I did. And, you know, I'll be honest. The first couple of weeks I was playing, I hated it. I, I couldn't do it. Um, I, I wasn't good. I, you know, was frustrated that I wasn't good and everybody else was better than me. Um, and I almost thought about quitting because I was like, this is not worth my time. Um, but eventually, like with anything, you develop that that habit. You, you build 
uh, you have a muscle memory, you, you build the work ethic to get good at something, and I stuck with it. And it was a rewarding experience for me, you know, being able to stick through with it. So um, it was by chance that I started playing, and it was something that, you know, helped me realize that just because it's something I haven't done before doesn't mean I can't do it. Um, and it just takes time to, to get good at something. You can't uh, be instantly gratified by something. You have to be able to, like you said, put the work into it, understand that at some point in time, the reciprocation of all that work that you do is going to come back and allow you to be at a situation, be in a place where you're comfortable with everything. It's crazy. It's crazy how these things develop, isn't it? Um, that was a sport you never would have uh, thought about getting into, and it becomes your passion. Yeah, I mean, it's like that with anything. Sometimes you need people to nudge you in a direction, and sometimes I think it's the people that you maybe aren't that close with that help you, you know, broaden your horizons a little bit. Um, you know, granted, I had a relationship with my teacher when I was my teacher, but other than that, you know, I hadn't seen him in like three years, he wasn't a teacher for me in high school, um, but that relationship I had built with him, you know, was enough for him to take that chance and say, hey, give it a shot. Um, so I think it's like sometimes those people that you overlook in your life that uh, maybe are fringe friends or acquaintances that, you know, you don't spend a lot of time with that might be able to help you find out things about yourself that you didn't know about. Yeah, we are um, talking to Danny Flecker here on a... Uh what kind of shaped you to who you are, less than the younger self, all that jazz. Um, podcast edition of Teeing It Up with Jeremy Schilling. Uh, what's your next question for me? Because I think I asked two and then you, you get two, so that was your first. Yeah, oh, I think, you know, my question for you is that, you know, you mentioned some of the issues you had going to college. What do you think was the biggest impact that, you know, stunted you from getting there? fact that I didn't really have real friends until junior senior year of college I'm oh, sorry high school yeah. and like why yeah, like why were you afraid to have like those relationships or like what prevented you or you know personally did you like intimidated you from from being you know a friend to people or vice versa I was always the person who had a lot of friends but I never had the in I was I was always excluded um, I still have a fear of exclusion um, it's a FOMO type deal that, that gets me. Um, and um, what I think ultimately got me, there's a couple things that ultimately got me over the hump. The golf team, the high school golf team, and I'm close with a whole bunch of people on that team, especially from senior year. Those guys helped me get into the social scene. Then I was lost on the social scene. I didn't know how to properly socially behave. I didn't properly know how to talk to girls. I was just lost and lost and lost. Then you get thrown to college and I'm like, wait a second, aren't you supposed to talk to your friends from home every day in college? No, you're supposed to make new friends. Okay, what do I do here? Am I missing out on this? Am I missing out on this? Well, I get invited to this party, blah, blah, blah. And it was like, everything was moving at 10,000 miles an hour. And then I was bullied, so that didn't help matters. And it really took me until probably second semester, sophomore year to really get settled and to really um, get that relationship going. Um, and it's one of those things that 
makes you wonder in the world um, and makes you think about where you were headed and this notion of, okay, I can, I, I can kind of be in, but I can kind of be out at the same time. And um, this, this whole concept of, I'm kind of blabbering here, but, but the point that I'm trying to make overall is that when you're trying to find an in, but you don't know if it's the right in or the wrong in, you can kind of stutter step. So it's like, okay, now you've got options but you didn't know if the options were there before? Am I making any sense? No, completely. You had nothing, then you had too much, and you were spread, in your mind, spread thin. Right. You didn't do all those things at once. You wouldn't ever be included again. And, and, and also, I would hear about things that I wasn't invited to, and then I would wonder why, and then I would doubt myself. So it was this cycle of, Rejection, acceptance, rejection, acceptance, rejection, acceptance, and okay, I'm here, but is this a sympathy thing because I'm the one driving and I'm sober? Like, what the heck is going on here? And what I've eventually realized uh, after as I've grown up and gotten older is that it's that people don't invite you out and don't pay you money to drive or pay for your gas or whatever. If they don't actually want you there, they will find another method there, even in the pre-Uber Lyft days. And that's that's one of the things that I've learned, but I wish I learned that earlier. I, I wish I learned the notion of being quiet socially earlier. There, there's a lot of little social things, cues and stuff that I wish I would have earned learned before college so that I, I could have gone into college with a whole bunch of new fresh faces in front of me instead of a whole bunch of new anxiety triggers coming at me. Yeah, it's tough. If you're put into a situation that you're not used to, it's hard to juggle what it is that's a priority or quote unquote, like, uh, you know, something you need to do. So I can imagine that being difficult. Yeah, and then, you know, try to withstand the bullying that just comes from life at the same time. Yeah, it's tough. I mean, as people, we want to be included and we want to be accepted. And it's hard not being accepted or being invited and wondering, you know, what it is that you did wrong or why it is that you weren't there. And it, it sucks. As somebody who went to college with one of your best friends from home, how tough was it or how much was the yearning to just follow him or just run on your own and run your own thing? So it was one of those things where it was nice to have somebody that I was really close with there with me and experience those things with me. Um, But there was always a sense that, you know, you wanted to be able to see if you can do it on your own. Um, And that's, one of the things that, you know, you, you juggle with when you do go someplace with somebody you know or, you know, say if you graduate college and you live with one of your roommates from college after that, you know, you know, it's nice to have that security blanket, but at the same time, there's a lot of different things that you need to experience. So it was a little bit difficult in that sense, but it was also very helpful because we didn't do a lot of the same things together as far as like our classes and our 
um, extracurricular stuff. Um, and through that, you know, you're able to meet new people and kind of softens the blow a little bit of having to always be trying to develop those relationships. So that, that part helped, that's for sure. We're talking to Danny Flecky here on a special uh, Looking Back at Your Life edition of uh, Teeing It Up with Jeremy Schilling. When, I, I think a lot of people are shaped by... There, There's two things that shape people. There's loss, as in loss of a family member, tragedy, etc. And there's loss as in rejection. Uh, losing a game, losing a job opportunity, losing blank, whatever. What what in that area is the loss, in whatever, and however you want to take this, what's the loss that shaped you? I think it would not be able to, you know, play competitively in, high, in college uh, lacrosse, you know, after being recruited, and it was tough. Um, you know, a lot of my stuff is sports-based, um, and you work so hard to get to some place, and then you kind of have it taken away from you, and you you spiral down into this depression and anxiety and uh, confusion as to you know why it is you can't do what it is that you really want to do. So I think that you know that experience definitely changed who I was because I had to I had to reset a little bit. Um, but it also, at the end of the day, when you look back, you know, got me to where I am today. So while it was a really big negative in the short term, long term, it probably helped me to become the person that I am today and be where I am today. Um, and for those of you who don't know, Danny suffered a, a collarbone injury uh, in high school, which prevented him from playing competitively in college. Um What's interesting about that, too, is didn't that force you to kind of re-examine your priorities going forward? Because, you know, the commercial says 99% of, of, of NCAA D1 players are never going professional or, and stuff. But, like, didn't that, didn't that almost put real life and the next steps in your life in front of your face immediately versus later on? Yeah, I mean, it, it goes to show you, like, you know, Whatever it is that you're doing, if it's not something that is going to potentially make you a better person, and I'm not saying that, you know, playing sports in college you're not going to be a professional athlete isn't important, because I think it's very important to a lot of people, and it's, a, I think, a, a really unique and cool experience. But as you get older, you realize that if you're doing something in your life that isn't making you a better person or getting you to your goals, then maybe it's something you shouldn't be doing. And it, it takes people a little bit longer to get to that conclusion. And it took me a while in, in college to figure that out, that, you know, okay, it was taken away from me. It wasn't something I was going to be able to do. And I had to accept it and move on and do stuff that would make me uh, a better person. It would allow me to, you know, accomplish the goals that I wanted to accomplish. And I think that's something that you take away from that is, you know, when something like that happens or when you're doing something that isn't worth your time, is accepting it, that it's not worth your time and finding something that will be worth your time to help you be, uh, you know, be better and to give you happiness really at the end of the day. You don't want to be doing stuff that isn't making you happy. Yeah, 
That's that's true. Um, for me, I didn't get any radio or, or media jobs coming out of college, and that kind of made me reassess what my realistic path was um, and reassess the fact that I needed to find a different lane. Writing has become that lane. Um, if you work in healthcare communications, that's where I want to go to. Please contact me. Um, at J Show on Twitter, slide into my DMs. Um, and that I think is what is what shaped me on that end was when you're not getting any job and you walk into job interviews and you're bumbling, stumbling, rumbling uh, because of my speech impediment and because I just wasn't experienced and ready for the job, um, that'll whip you into shape fast. And for me, um, it, it just was a, a, a kind of a wake-up call to kind of reassess and reapportion. I became a gig guy and got my gigs and and kind of moved forward um, from there. Um, and I think also I, I saw the failure, because I was sober, I saw the failures of other people. So I kind of learned from their failures and their losses as in, don't be that jackass that did blank because I didn't want that to be me, if that makes sense. No, absolutely. I mean, it, it, like I said, I envy like that perspective that you would have at a night out where everyone's getting drunk and, and uh, sloppy and making mistakes that they regret the next morning. And you can see exactly how it's playing out and be like, well, I know exactly why this person is in the situation that they're in because they did this, this, and this. And that's why they're you know, broken up with their girlfriend or you know, whatever it may be. So yeah, that's a perspective that I, I personally don't don't have because whenever I go out, I'm usually having a couple of drinks. So. And think about this too, which is, think about how many stupid arguments were caused by drunkenness or, 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 or being stoned, breakups that should have never happened, arguments that should have never happened, people cheated on somebody because it never happened. I'm so much less likely, and this is why I'm, what, I, what I always say is one of the great advantages of my disorder. A, it gave me more friends because I met more people driving people around and going to more parties eventually as I became more socially um, stable. But at the same time as well, I also knew never to try to secretly backhand cheat on somebody with somebody you think is hotter because it'll eventually get back to that, you know, your actual girlfriend or boyfriend. You know, don't be the stumbling, bumbling, drunk mess. Don't do this, that, and the other thing. That was like a wake-up call without being a wake-up call, if that makes sense. Like, it was happening to other people, and I, but I was just witnessing it and realizing it and, and realizing, okay, that, that, that can never be me. Yeah, it's, it's a different I, you know, perspective on everything. And, um, you know, I, at the end, you have to realize too though like what what happens happens for a reason and when you put yourself in those situations you have to be able to um be prepared for whatever the consequences might be and um whether they're self-inflicted or not so you luckily don't have to worry about that what's the greatest decision you ever made oh wow i think it'd be moving to Boston, um, you know, it was one of those things where I was contemplating doing something different with my life and I wanted the opportunity to, again, like forge my own path and, 
if I was going to fail, fail on my own accord, not, you know, somebody else's, and took a chance and moved up here. And originally when I moved up here, I was like, oh, it's just going to be a five-year thing. You know, I'll get some experience working. I'll move back home or just New York City, um, you know, set my roots there and and, and see what happens. Uh, seven and a half years later, going on almost going on eight, I, I'm still up here. Um, so something kept me up here, whatever it is. Um, you know, I'm going to see it through, but I think that was one of the, the best decisions I've made, even though sometimes it's been lonely, it's been tough, it's been hard, um, you know, trying to, to figure stuff on my own and not have, like, that, that safety net that you might have, I might have had if I'd stayed in New York uh, and worked in Manhattan, um, but all that stuff, is, all those experiences and all those situations that have allowed me to gain perspective on things that maybe some other people don't have. And for me, uh, it was speech therapy. Um, I've waxed poetic about my speech therapist, uh, Jess, for, for, for years. But that decision in 2012 and the person who helped set me up with her, uh, she changed my life. She changed my speech. And it put me on a path now where I feel like I can walk in any kind of job interview or public setting and... Um, you know, make it work and, and make it successful. And that, I think, there's there's a confidence that comes from knowing that you can talk and be um, articulate and successful in a big spot. There's one thing to be able to talk articulately um, laying on your couch. It's another thing to do it in a job interview, in a big podcast interview, whatever the case may be. And for you, sorry, for, for me, it was that setup with Jess going all in with her and eventually getting it done. That for me was, was a huge turning point in my life. Yeah. And I give you credit for that because you were conquering something that you knew was a, an issue and knew that if you were able to stick with it, you'd be better off in the long run because of it. Yes. Um, yeah, totally. All right. Next question is yours. So if you had to go back to like 14 year old Jeremy, first day of freshman year of, of high school, you know, what would you tell him? And what, you know, what advice would you be telling him to, you know, in order to prepare himself for what was to come? I was thinking about this in the car today. Um... Be brave. I, I let a lot of stuff get to me. And I didn't ask the right questions at the time to clarify things. And I didn't know how to handle bullying. And I'm the most gullible guy on the planet. And that impacted me. Um, there's a lot of things that I let get to me that should have never have gotten to me. That I'm much better about now. You know... I would have taken, and and this is just a silly example, but if you would tell me Billy Horschel's going to win the next four golf majors, uh, Billy Horschel's not won a PGA Tour event in, the, in a year and a half. Um, he's not somebody who has ever won a major. He's not going to. And if you would have called me stupid, ignorant, 
uh, what the hell are you talking about? Naive, dumb. I would have let that get to me versus the actual truth, which is they were just playfully teasing me about saying some crazy comment that it's golf. It could be true. Billy Horschel could win the next four majors. It's unlikely, but it could happen. And I let that stuff get to me and stuff more severe than that get to me. Yeah, it's, it's all a context thing, right? You have to be able to understand the context of like the type of conversation you're having with somebody to make sure that you don't overreact or snap at them based off of what they're saying. And the other thing that I would tell myself is you're not alone. Um, you're going to go through some things, but you're not alone. And it wasn't until really 2014, 2015. Um, so... I was 14 and 02, so just, you know, just to show you how long this took me, it took me a good decade plus to realize that there's a whole lot of people going through a lot of the same things I am, and I thought I was on an island for a while, and that's just never a good feeling. Oh, you feel helpless, right? Like, you can't, yeah. like, nothing you're going to do is ever going to change the outcomes that you have, so that, you know, it's an important thing. I, I agree with that 100%, you know, doesn't matter what it is that you have going on, there's probably somebody that has a similar type of experience or has been through that experience that can help you or be a friend or a mentor or whatever it might be. What's your answer to that question? I think I, I definitely would tell myself that do what it is that you want to do. Don't worry about what is going on around you. You know, social media wasn't really a thing when we were growing up. Uh, we encountered it later in life but I think a lot of people still already deal with it and don't worry about what someone's posting on Instagram or who they're with or um, all that stuff you know none of that stuff will make you happy none of that stuff will get you to where you want to be if anything it's going to distract you and it's just make sure that you know that what it is that you want to do you're doing whatever it is that you can to get there um it, it stinks that there's a lot of outside influences that are affecting the way people live their life these days. And if there's one thing I've learned, it's that you need to stay true to who you are. And there are a lot of things that you're good at. And this goes for everybody. There are a lot of good things. There are a lot of things that you're good at that other people aren't good at. And it's finding out what that is and, and doing what is it, whatever it is that you can to perfect that and don't let what other people say or what other people are, are, are doing distract you from that uh, because at the end of the day you're just going to set yourself back and prevent yourself from being where it is that you want to be uh, going through certain experiences that you need to go through um, so that's the first thing I, I would I would tell myself um, the second thing I tell myself is don't worry about getting girlfriends or, or doing any of that stuff. Um, yeah, it, you know, when you're going through that age, you want to be able to, to hook up and do all that stuff. Um, but I think a lot of guys put a big emphasis on it. And I think for me, going back and looking through that type of portion of my life, I would say, you know what? Again, focus on what it is you can focus on. You'll meet people organically. You'll meet 
girls, you'll, you'll go through those experiences and, and it will happen. Um, you don't need to be in a relationship to, to get all that kind of stuff. You, you can make friends, you can go on vacations, you can go on trips, you can make yourself more available uh, to meet new people and to have new experiences. Uh, and maybe at 18 is not the best thing to get tied down to, to a girl um, just because you might be missing out on some other stuff. Yeah, um, it, isn't it, I've always thought, and, and this is a message out there for all the girls out there, uh, any female or anybody who's dating somebody or knows somebody who's going through any kind of body shaming thing, I was talking about this with a girl last week, you know your definition of fit, you know what your body should look like or what you want your body to look like, it doesn't require anybody um you don't have to match a a vision of what someone could be and you and i both have been at gyms and seen people who should not be working out who are in great shape and why they're trying to lose five or ten more pounds you just shake your head like that's not healthy everybody has their vision of fit don't listen to what other people think you should look at look like and don't put your health at risk by doing stuff that's unhealthy in that same vein, I think a lot of guys want the girl because they think that's cool. And if they get the hot girl freshman year of college, it'll allow them to do X, Y, and Z going forward. And I think what you're trying to say is that's not what makes you cool. There, there are people that meet their sweethearts in high school or in college, and that's, that's what was meant to happen for them. And they're going to get whatever it is they want to get out of out of those relationships. And, you know, kudos to them. They're the lucky ones. Um, but just because you don't have a girlfriend at 18 or 22 or 24, 25, um, it's not the worst thing in the world. Uh, I think being able to, again, figure out who you are as a person, and a lot of people figure it out earlier, and a lot of people figure it out later, whatever it is, you need to be comfortable with who you are and you have to feel like you've done everything that you've wanted to do before you realize that, hey, I'm in this relationship where my actions aren't just affecting me anymore, they're affecting somebody else. Uh, and I think as people mature, again, everybody matures differently, you get that perspective. So I know I was in two long-term relationships, uh, one in college, one after college, and both times during those relationships, I was really comfortable with who I was or doing and in turn that eventually stresses the relationship and forces you know, the eventual breakup. So I think that that's a very important thing to anyone out there who might be younger or might be feeling like they're alone is if you're comfortable with who you are, all that other stuff will, will come into play. It's a natural progression. Yeah, it is a natural progression. Um, and I think if you do it right, or, or if, sorry, if the folks... See, I don't think what, what you did is wrong per se because you learned and got better from it. Obviously led to some ups and downs, um in the middle, but it, but it made you a better man and it made you a better person going forward. I think... Your hope and my hope is that people learn this 
early so that they don't make the same mistakes if you deem them mistakes um, and they or, or don't have that same experience where they feel like they're not in it for themselves and they um, take care of themselves and do what they really want and not what others think you should do. I think I summarized exactly. you. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Everything, everything will happen that's supposed to happen. Uh, you just have to have the faith that you're doing the right things and eventually... Out of nowhere, things will, will change. It, it sucks not to know when. Uh, that's something that I'm sure everyone struggles with. Um, but the grind is worth it if, if you know what it is that you're grinding for. And don't just do it to do it. You have to know what it is that you're doing it for. And you have to be able to, you know, at the end of the day, look yourself in the mirror and be like, I gave 110% today to, to make myself better, to do whatever work it is I had to do to, you know, see the people I had to see. I did 110% today, and I'm happy. I know tomorrow will be a better day, and I'll be able to, to build off of what it is I did today. Yeah, that's very well said. So anything else you wanted to ask or go over or talk about on this podcast? So my final question to you is that given everything that's happened to you and shaped you, etc., what is one piece of advice you want to give to future Jeremy uh, after everything you've learned? Uh, don't get down on yourself. If you look at people having more fun on Instagram than you, uh, write your own story, run your own race, and you will find your way to have great experiences uh, with great people that will make your, that will uh, make others have FOMO. Um, easy, <laughs> easier said than done, but that's the goal. That's not a bad one, that's for sure. What's your answer to that? I think it's to don't be afraid to challenge yourself with new experiences, even though you've had them in the past and you're um, more likely to have them in the future. Don't be afraid of those challenges um, and embrace them you know be happy be fortunate that you're able to experience things good or bad um because there are a lot of people that unfortunately don't get that opportunity and you're lucky to be able to to experience those uh ups and downs and eventually uh you'll find things you'll find out new things about yourself that you didn't didn't know in the past um you know my current girlfriend just ran the Boston Marathon and one of the things that she did to motivate herself was to put um, sticky notes like on her mirror in her bathroom to you know make sure that she was having you know despite everything that was happening and all the training and everything you know just a pick-me-up every once in a while and a great quote that uh, she had on there was um, if plan A doesn't work kick the shit out of plan B yeah, I tell you, Sheryl uh, Sandberg quote. Yep, and it was something that I, I, I looked at. It was like, hmm, you know what? That's that's life to, to a T, right? When does Plan A ever work all the time? It doesn't. And you have to know that if a Plan B comes along, whether or not you prepared for it or not, do everything that you can to to be the best at it. And eventually you have other plan A's that you're able to accomplish. So I, I thought, I, you know, I, she still has it up, and every time I'm at her place and I see it, I, I just remind myself that, you know, things are going to happen, plans change, 
and it's up to me whether or not I'm going to embrace them. So I, I, I still look at that every, every time I'm there and kind of get a little, little bit of a, like a goosebump or chills running, you know, on my arm knowing that, you know what, that's, that's my life, that's life, right? So um, that's something I, I've kind of taken to heart uh, the last couple of months. Um, final thing on my end, you know I like to have fun and end this with a funny uh, thing. When you look back at yourself, your younger self, what's the thing you just shake your head at, laugh, and are like, why did I do this? And, and it's a good funny thing. It's not, it's not a bad funny thing. It, it, it's, it is maybe with some dorky hairstyle or you did something really silly and stupid or whatever. Like, you, you know, I don't know, uh, you know, had silly string all over your kitchen or something. Like, like just what's the silly thing that you think back about now and are like, what the heck was I thinking? Oh, that's interesting. Um, I can go like first if you need more time to think. Yeah, you go first. I want to hear where you're going to go with this. I once went out. I don't know if we're going to the movies or to dinner with two of my buddies from home. And I wore essentially a warm-up suit, right? So you've got the jacket and you've got the pants, right? But it was... It was a social, it wasn't for a sporting event. It was just socially. And they're like, you're in a track warm-up suit. What are you thinking going out like that? What? And you know what? That's you, style now. You've, oh. you've, you've got like baggy, no, no, no. But it was like baggy warm-up, you know, pants, like those tearaway things. You've got the corresponding jacket. Like, yeah, if you're going to a game, that makes sense to wear. If you're going out, like... That's not the look. And I just think about that now, and I, I, I still have that jacket. I wear it sometimes when I'm a little cold. And I'm like, what in the world was I thinking, thinking that would work socially? Yeah, I think for me now you bring that up was, uh, you know, back in the mid, like early 2000s and stuff, you know, uh, getting like blonde hair or blonde highlights in your hair was like a big thing. Um, and I did that, and I don't know what the hell I was thinking. <laughs> that was probably like one of the dumbest things I've ever done. But I was big back then, right? So I did it. It was first in the summer, so I wasn't really like at school or anything like that. And um, it grew out pretty quickly because my hair grows really fast. But, yeah, that was one thing now that I look back, I'm like, what, what was I, what made me do that? Why would I, did I think that was a good idea? Please tell me there's pictorial evidence of this. Oh, there's probably someplace. I, I know I don't have it, but I, I know it happened. Mr. and Mrs. Flecka, can you please look in your archives and find pictures of Danny with uh, blonde hair? I, 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 blonde highlights. I, I need to see this. Um, this was fun. Um, thank you for... What? It's been a little different. Yes, it's been a little different, and, uh... We hope that you all take something from this and uh, come out uh, on the other side stronger and uh, better for it. And hope you've enjoyed the listen. Um, I love doing it, and I love you, brother. Love you too, man. Have a good rest of the night. And uh, enjoy. Uh, th uh, thank you. Enjoy your night. And uh, enjoy this edition of Teeing It Up. 
right, we, we hope you enjoyed this edition. I can't even sign off. This is such a different episode. I can't sign off. Hope you enjoyed this episode of uh, Teeing It Up with Jeremy Schilling. <laughs>